Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. All right, that's it. Good episode. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just thinking, do you ever like say your name so often that it stops sounding like a name? Like Chris Delano doesn't even sound like it just it just sounds like I'm saying Chris Delano. Like it just I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just keep it fresh and uh, just change your name up partway through your life. It's a uh, keeps it keeps it easier. You avoid that. That would make it way much more exciting. Um, but now I've I've got like an essential Christmas to me. I I've thought about it, but there's no real other name that works. I'm just <laughs> just Chris. Too much like Christ. I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about more murders at Karlov Manor story. Uh, we covered episodes one, two, three, and four last week. We're covering five, six, seven, eight this week. Uh, I don't think we have any other big news other than uh, story good. Just, uh, just, uh, all the all the episodes are out already. Um, we are saving the the last two stories for next week so that we have more time to talk about the whole thing overall. Um, but uh, if you read the stories and are listening to this, congrats you you know everything. Uh, if you are just listening to the summaries and and have not read the actual stories, uh, one more week and then we'll be mm-hmm. finished. Um, Go, go click on the stories. You don't have to read them. Just click on them. Go to the website. Yeah, click, click on them. On uh, also, they're really good. Uh, <laughs> um, and if you have read them and want some bonus stuff, over on her blog, uh, Shauna McGuire has been doing like a DVD extras type thing uh, where she goes through um, passages from uh, each episode and talks a little bit about like things that were going through her mind or references or stuff like that. Um, Just fun little extra details uh, about each of these stories. And so if that's a kind of thing you would like, uh, there's a lot of fun information buried in there. Uh, Go to Shannon's blog and check that out. Um, I I believe she's going to do like a big compilation post has all of them uh which i i think should be up by the time this episode is out um for easy navigation but uh yeah neat neat thing that she has been doing you will probably be able to find that on any of her social media presences but the website is shannonmcguire.com slash blog and you can look in the recent posts they're all titled the magic story episode title itself and then comma the dvd extras just has a little bonus commentary. Yeah, uh, they're really fun to read. There's a lot of little insights, little uh, jokes and references and things like that. So it's a very entertaining uh, read as well. Uh, also, if you struggle reading stories and you prefer audio versions, uh, one good thing to know is that there are official audio versions coming out like once a week. Uh, so you can go listen to those. But also over on her Twitch channel, the author of... The Lost Caverns of Ixalan story, Valerie Valdez, has been doing daily recordings of the story. So they just wrapped them up today. Today was the last one uh, since episode 10 came out as of day recording. Uh, So they've recorded now episodes for every single episode except for number one of the story. And you can go listen to them on their VODs. Uh, We posted them on our Twitter account, but also Valerie's posted them on her Twitter account. uh, And you can go... Check it out and listen to audio versions of each episode. So I need to interrupt. 
I just retweeted a phenomenal Yuri art of Orin the Red and Mizora from Baldur's Gate. So shout out to women. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, shout out to women. There's a lot of really good women in the story and also women uh, making audio versions of the episodes. Uh, and so, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, that is some really good art, by the way. I do agree. That is some very good art. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any other like big news news. Um, Previews. Oh, yeah, we have a preview. It's coming out tomorrow as of day of release. So, like, uh, yeah, the Tuesday the 23rd. 23rd? Mm hmm. Yeah, Tuesday 23rd, um, probably what, around like noonish is when he usually yeah. throws those up. It's a Tuesday, so I'm good for noon. It'll probably be up around noonish. Yeah, sometime around then. I don't know exactly when. But uh, yeah, we've got some preview cards, uh, free preview cards, actually. So uh, the lawyers can't get us if we say they're free. <laughs> and, uh,. Oh, I guess in case this is the first episode of the Vorthos cast you're ever listening to, uh, we're going to have a panel at MagicCon Chicago. So if you're at MagicCon Chicago on Saturday at 11 a.m., we have a panel about the wanted criminals of the multiverse. They're out there. There's a They're lot of bad there. people. There's a, it's going to be fun. Of, there's a lot of bad people and other entities uh, out there in the multiverse. Uh, panel's going to be a lot of fun, real lighthearted. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Um, it should, I think, be recorded and posted somewhere. Um, main stage is just generally on their main YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I'm not, I'm not 100 confirmed that that is going to happen. But uh, it did at Metacon Philly, so I, I think it's going to happen. Um, and uh, once that is up, even if you're not at Metacon Chicago, I must have Philly again. Um, that would be way more convenient for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when the panel's done, uh, we'll we'll link to it somewhere. It should be on the Wizards YouTube page. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Anyway, let's talk about Magic Story, because we have four episodes to get through. Uh, so, Carrie, uh, why don't you kick us off with Chains of Expectation? Yeah. So where we pick up um, from the end of episode four, Kaya and Kellen had been heading to Vitugazi to investigate the original guild pack document i believe that's what we're understanding it as um after being tipped off by judith um and so Proft and atrata have escaped to the last place that she remembers being before zagana's murder um basically rogue's passage hideaway <laughs> uh where she keeps secure through an is it door and a bunch of traps um and Proft inspects the area and finds a mysterious yellow powder by her bed um, on the way out of that little hideout, Massacre Girl attacks Proft, but um, she casually throws the rock to the side once she realizes <laughs> that she is, uh, you know, attacking Atrada's little little acquaintance friend. Um, and she has been hired to kill Proft, um, but she's not paid the friends and family rate, so she, uh, you know is fine kind of leaving this contract as is. I think the insinuation is that she was hired to kill the person who locked up Atrada, but since Atrada isn't locked up, it kind of avoids yeah. that. Like, it doesn't really work out anymore. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty casual assassin's code of <laughs> um, not touching each other's people. 
And so separately, Kaya and Kellen finally arrive at the Tugazi um, to get a warm welcome by everyone there who's so happy to see them. Just kidding. <laughs> Tulsimir is being extremely standoffish um, and it has been relocated to a remote location of the city and transformed the guild hall into a smaller stately manor. Um, basically, after War of the Spark, Vitugazi gets to heal up somewhere outside of um, the main Ravnica city. And so they do get to meet Tulsimir. They get to meet Tristani, who has reorganized herself a bit too in the wake of um, the Phyrexian invasion and has a couple of jabs and insults at them, but they are allowed to view the guild pack document and quickly cut to the end where Rakdos basically is said to be able to cause people to enter murderous rages when he's unhappy and that the guild structure is intended to satisfy his <laughs> satisfy his needs for violence without, you know, endangering all of Ravnica at random. So the implication is that Judith believes that Rakdos is um, you know, kind of unleashing havoc on the city by making people enter these murderous rages and resulting in random killings that I'm guessing people have noticed only because they're high-profile victims rather than um, just random Ravnikans. And so that's where we leave off. There seems to be a Rakdos lead, but where it eventually um, ends up, who knows, because we don't know Rakdos' current state. Too bad. Yeah, it's definitely clear that Judith wanted them to think about Rakdos. Whether or not that's what's actually happening, it could just be a red-black herring, you know? <laughs> um, we don't we don't know for sure. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah, I've done it like four times now. I gotta drop that joke. There's <laughs> there's a few that I've reused quite a few times. I came up with a real good one on Twitter today, um, referring to all of this as eco terrorism, but I that spoils a little bit of uh of the story. Um yeah, well, okay. I, <laughs> I I saw the tweet you made. You also posted Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors, uh a character who is fundamentally not an eco-terrorist and is actually an alien invader not to spoil the plot of little shop of horrors but uh i haven't seen that one i, I didn't know that um no i'm just kidding i've i went to school for theater i've seen little shop yeah of horrors. i'm sitting here like i would believe you but you're a theater kid and i know you are aware of little shop i deny the theater kid accusations I just happen to have a, a Bachelor of Arts in theater. Um, anyways, I really liked episode five. I thought it was a, a good uh, lot, of, lot of clues in this one. A lot of little, yeah. lot of little misdirects and clues and a lot of heightened mystery. The way Tristani is acting is so sketch. The way the Guild Pack describes Rakdos is real. Puts you in that sort of frame of mind. Uh, there, there's a lot with Prof and Atrada and Massacre Girl and her like weird assassination who she doesn't really say who hired her. Uh, my as assumption is she says specifically that she was hired to show that the agency should stay out of guild business, which means it really could have been anyone. 
Um, the, most of the yeah. guilds don't like the agency. It could have literally, like, even an Azorius could have done this. It's, people um, did. People did hop onto the story art to point out that there seems to be a spider conspicuously in the background yeah. of the art of Massacre Girl lunging. So that was part of the community mystery for everybody who's listening to this long <laughs> after the fact was that um, what exactly Izoni's involvement is. We're um, going to find out real soon. Seen. Yeah, I love I love guild usurping. I love people trying to, um, you know, think that they have a chance of taking away the guild from an original Perun of all people. <laughs> but Rakdos has historically been the most <laughs> lax considering he takes he's infamous for taking long naps. So if any guild is kind of prime for the picking. Yeah, he has. Sorry, finish. Oh, it's just Judith being able to um, kind of take this opportunity to frame him while he's literally probably down. Yeah, I I, th I think Rakdos has never been like a, the primary Rakdos character of a story. Because it was uh, Isolde in uh, Dissension. Who does wake him up and he gets in a fight with Kraj, but then immediately goes back to sleep. Um, and. Uh, Exava in um, Return Exava. to Ravnica. Yeah. Um, and then War of the Spark didn't happen, so. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to we're not going to. Well, talk about well and, and even then we had Hakara show up in Gathering Storm. And, and the Boom Comics. God, Hikara. Hikara remains a fan favorite character despite having um, a proximity association to another character I do not care for. <laughs> So well, I can't believe uh, you hate Teo. I love Teo. I can't believe you would. There's no other character here. I do not see it. Um, but yeah, the Rakdos is like one of the more like scary characters on Ravnica because he is just a giant, incredibly powerful ancient demon. Um, but he also just takes a bunch of naps and watches people do circus tricks like Probably really the most effective of the guild perunes at this point. Yeah. Well, he's he's the only one left who's still guild master. Yeah. Because uh, Niv Mizzet is uh, guild he's pact. Guild now. pact. So there there were a lot of mysteries with this episode five. There was a lot of questions. The spider in the art was real interesting because it's not mentioned in the story, but it's prominent in the art. I believe that spider also, for some reason, has a Demir symbol on its back. It's There's some confusing stuff with the art in this set, and some of it is part of a big ARG that they're doing. So we're going to... Multiple puzzles yeah. and ARGs and... There's a, there's a lot. But uh, we'll have to... Keep spiders in mind, though, for the next episode. Yes. We, we will say in relation to the ARG that there is a bonus episode of story, as far as we know. Um, I don't know if they confirm the author, but it is hidden behind the largest of the puzzles, question mark. Is that correct? Yeah. So there, there yeah. is like a there's like a series of puzzles, some of which I don't think can even be solved until the set is out. Because uh, like some yeah, of some, them are going to be on cards. So some of it is involved with pre-release stuff, I believe. Mm -hmm. But we do know actually that the author of the epilogue slash bonus story is still Shannon. 
Um, she awesome. confirmed it. Someone asked and she said that she wrote it. Uh, seems fair to assume that would also be the case if it's like an epilogue. So we're, we'll get more story sometime in the future once you people solve some puzzles. I learned I'm really bad at that this week. Uh, I'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, we we got a lot going on and episode six really like ratchets up and like we get a lot more clues and more questions. It's one of those episodes of the story where like you get a lot of answers, but also like even more questions. So um, any other thoughts on episode five before we move on to episode six? No, that is all. All right. So episode six is explosions of genius. Uh, this one starts and picks up with Proft and Atrada who uh, are trying to figure out what's going on with the nature of this mysterious yellow powder that they found in Atrada's safe house. Uh, and Proft knows exactly where to go. And it's this friend of his uh, named Kylox, who is an extremely paranoid Viashino uh, and also part of the Izzet. He is uh, so paranoid that like Proft has to go through like an entire series of like little puzzles to even have access to his, his workshop. Uh, it's kind of a, a cute little scene. He... Proft explains that, like, if they just walk through the street very openly and plainly, Kylox won't even see them. But if they tried to sneak around, the paranoia of the Viachino would cause him to, like, know that they were coming, which I think is adorable. Uh, <laughs> this, like, this is just a really lovely character, uh, but don't get too attached to him. Anyways, they get to his <laughs> office and uh, they find that it has been completely overturned. It's in total disarray. Uh, Prof, who has been here before, uses his little mind palace eidetic memory powers to essentially recreate the entire office as he remembers it uh, so he can sort of look through pages, look at, you know, what's going on and figure out what's missing, what's been moved. And that's when he realizes that there's a secret passageway underneath a bookcase that had gotten knocked over. And uh, to open it up requires the same sort of little code that Atrada had to use to open up her secret hideaway because they were both built by the Izzet. And uh, they slip down into the tunnels underneath Kylox's workshop and they find themselves, uh, or you could say into the steam vents, uh, and they find themselves uh, at Kylox's secret little workshop space where the Viachino is working away at something, but he uh, he won't answer any questions. He says that he will only speak to Ezram because he knows something and he won't talk to them about it. And he gets a promise from Proft and Atrada to safely escort him to Ezram. But before they can even leave this little room, they hear footsteps down the hall, down the tunnel, down the vent, whatever. Uh, and Kylox tells Atrada and Proft to hide themselves. And so they slip in and go behind some, some piping. Uh, and they watch as Kylox is carried off by a bunch of goblins which is uh, the first time we've really gotten a good look at some goblins in this story. And while they're hiding, though, Prof notices that there's a spider sort of hanging nearby. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but there was also a spider in Atrada's cell that Prof broke her out of. So this is why there's a bunch of spiders that are just showing up in all of this art and in the story. No one really knows what's going on with them yet. Uh, but as Prof and Atrada prepare to chase down these goblins and, and go find Kylox, uh, Proft swipes a little plain wooden box off of a shelf. What's that about? Who knows? It's another one of the questions. Uh, then we cut back to Kellen and Kaya, 
who are leaving the Selesnia territory. They've visited the original Guild Pact. They're on their way back into the bustling city center, and uh, they're attacked in an alleyway by a bunch of mysterious robed figures. Uh, they make short work of them. Kellen's a good boy. He doesn't kill anyone. He's like knocking them out. Uh, and then uh, they're about to question one and ask, like, what is this about? Who are you? What's going on? And the attacker like slips a little herb into their mouth and they turn into a pile of moss. Uh, and all of the attackers do this. And now they're just surrounded by a bunch of moss. And it's kind of terrifying in its own way. Like, I don't know. That's just scary. Imagine just turning into a plant. Um, they go back to agency headquarters because there are magical thopters that the agency has that caught this whole fight knows about it, and Ezram's like, you need to come back immediately. Uh, and while they're there trying to update Ezram on what happened, Aurelia comes in, and she has Massacre Girl on a leash. She's just carrying this girl in uh, because Massacre Girl tried to kill Aurelia. Uh, she apparently killed, like, six of Aurelia's guards and then tried to kill... Ten. ten. okay. I'm sorry, Massacre Girl. Um, she killed ten of Aurelia's guards... Uh, but is stopped by Aurelia before she can kill her and uh, says that she doesn't remember any of it. That massacre girl was just walking in the street and then suddenly, well, she wasn't walking in the street, I'm sure, but she was just doing her, minding her own business before suddenly she woke up with Aurelia stepping on her. Um, it's the dream of a lot of people, honestly. This too is Yuri. <laughs> uh, and Aurelia says, hey, this is a threat on my life. You have 24 hours to solve this case or else I'm just going to march my legions on Rakdos and we are going to take out the cult of Rakdos because uh, Aurelia has like a bone to pick with the demon, I suppose, and point signs are pointing towards Rakdos uh, and Judith isn't helping much in that case. But uh, yeah, so now the whole agency has a 24-hour time period in which they have to solve this case or else Ravnica is going to go into total war. Uh, meanwhile, Proft and Atrada have discovered that the person who captioned, captured Kylox is Krenko, our favorite very legitimate business goblin, uh, who is trying to question Kylox because Kylox seems to have been doing work for important people and Krenko wants to know why important people are getting killed because Krenko is scared that he's important people and that he will be killed. And sure enough, um, Proft and Atrada get there just in time to watch as a mindless, raging citizen rampages into this shop and tries to kill Krenko, but ends up killing Kylox instead. Or was he trying to kill Krenko? Uh, point is that this poor guy was completely out of his senses. Atrada manages to wake him up and is like, what is going on? And the guy was like, I was just at the florist trying to get flowers for my husband. And now I'm killing a man. Um, happens to all of us. Happens to all of us. Uh, and that's where the, the story kind of leaves off with Kylox dead. Um, rest in peace, Viashino, who showed up in a story and then immediately died in the same story. Um, not the first time that's happened on Ravnica. But... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot more questions here. What's up with these mindless rampaging killers and uh, the Moss people? A lot of questions. Krenko being terrified, like Krenko's whole motivation here being, hey, important people keep dying and I'm an important people and I don't want to die is phenomenal. 
it's so good because you're like goofy. <laughs> you're like, Cranko, you're not important people. But then you're like, but are you important people? <laughs> you could be. You're not a guild Maybe. leader, but you are a very legitimate business goblin. The idea of grabbing Kylox as just somebody who's like in proximity to the agency, but still within your sphere and just being like, you got to tell me what's going on with this. <laughs> it's it's kind of baffling, but also plays into the goblin ineptitude. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, like people know Kylox is working on some secret project. And so like Krago is like, I don't know, that might be something related to the murders. <laughs> Only one way to find out by kidnapping. It's just like secret projects are kind of normal is it staple? business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like um, that was the whole conceit of the secretist was Ral like digging around underground and basically stumbling upon the maze. Like it's just they're minding their own business, but they're not. You know, until they're encroaching on guild territory, it's not really a problem. I mean, this this is one of the things stated about Kylox is that, like, he's paranoid that people are going to, like, steal his stuff, even though the fact that he himself has stolen ideas from many, many other people. And so it's yeah. just like this entire network of mad scientists cribbing each other's work uh, and being super paranoid about it. And it's really goofy. I do think this is because we were told that this was... Um almost set on a new plane and then it was set on Ravnica and at some point New Capenna and Fiora were considered. Were those both correct? Uh I know Fiora was considered, but like there was no story work really done before that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. like this this feels like a story beat that could have been in Fiora specifically with um Duretti, but you know i'm glad i'm glad we ended up on ravnica because i think yeah, I, the murder mystery here has a little more impact when you're getting mm -hmm. like three visits worth of characters all involved in um trying to figure this out uh yeah from what i understand on development is that fiora and nuka Pena were talked about but they were building a new world and then partway through building the new world decided on ravnica so that uh you know, there wasn't really a point where, oh, yeah, this is going to be Fiora. Um, I don't think that is what happened from the details that I have seen um, talked about. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to talk about this set in general and when we do like our look back, because I do think that this story could have been told on various different planes. Uh, murder mystery works in a lot of different settings, but there is something particularly nice about doing it on Ravnica where like, the is it are just such a well-established like group of people that like we know what to expect from an is it inventor and so like a lot of the shortcuts are being done for us in terms of knowing who Kylox is uh, it makes it easier for us to ex know what yeah. to expect out of Kylox know how Kylox is going to function in the story um it makes it so that Kylox feels like a much richer character than his one story appearance is uh so and i like that i think that's good i think that's the purpose of doing a background set on ravnica um i also want to say before we leave this story shortly um the hit 
men people group thing uh who attack um kaya and kellen uh turning into moss is one of my favorite riffs on the you know the cyanide pill in the tooth uh that i have ever seen um objectively horrifying um and phenomenally effective at dodging any effort uh to get any information out of a corpse or a dead person um just great great visual um i like it a lot yeah and there's a lot of um so at this point in the story there's been a lot of spiders there's people turning into moss uh there's a mysterious powder uh, a lot of eyes were looking towards a certain guild, and so... Um, Very specifically, there's also white fur on the clothing of these uh, people yeah. who attacked Kaya and Kellen. So that raises some questions. Is it the fur of a wolf? Is it the fur of something else? Is the fur at all related, or is it just another red herring? Uh, so it's a lot of a lot of questions. Or does Ravnica have trouble with tribbles? Or is it Lazav's body hair? Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, we don't really know what Lazav's body hair situation is like. If any, um, if anyone at, at Wizards can let us know what Lazav looks like when, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> we should. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know what's his chest hair look like. I need, a, I need an official answer. It's not in the visual guide. It's, act- it's actually his Lazav is completely hairless except for his armpits, uh, and his armpit hair grows like weeds exceptionally like, thick. like six inches a day <laughs> um episode seven rot before recovery because <laughs> uh we're not staying on that bit any longer uh kaya and kellen are back at the agency uh analyzing information because uh other people are um bringing in more clues and stuff uh and we get the little um the projectors uh spelled with a k uh, which are the kind of Magitech crime analysis computers where you can enhance Im- magical images with a stylus and stuff. <laughs> uh, it's very cool. Um, I I love when there are like magic works workarounds for things that would otherwise just be like a modern day computer. that get to do like some limited function of it, but very specifically through magical means. It's cool. Uh, here's the problem, though. Uh, they're having a fun time playing detective, uh, when all of a sudden the building starts shaking and there's a bunch of noise, uh, and the evidence room wall explodes and we are greeted with the face of Chekhov's mole god, because, uh, a a gruel mole god uh, has been stored in the evidence room since, uh, I think it gets mentioned in, like, episode two or three, and, uh, Ezram shows up and, uh, the Ezram's mount is doing like a big, like wing spread, big noise threat display to try <laughs> and hold the mole god's attention while uh, agents scramble out of the way and um, Kaya and Kellen do the thing that both of them do where they look at each other and like, we're going to have to be big damn heroes here, aren't we? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. Um, and so we get a good little battle action sequence where um, Kellen is like, 
hey, wait a sec. If someone let it out, that means we can just put it back, right? Uh, and picks up the little evidence container Pokeball things <laughs> and uh, yeets it and recaptures the mole god. Um, it's good, good action sequence. Uh, meanwhile, Atrada and Proft are descending into what remains of the Undercity. Uh, during the March of the Machine, the uh, a big section of the Undercity was raised above ground so that Raska and her Phyrexian minions could just directly march into the 10th District. Um, so what remains of the Golgari is very small in uh, really unknown sections of the Undercity and uh, Atrada and Proft like are both really unsure where they're going and really nervous and like Atrada's like I could just run away right now but also I don't know how to get back so that's maybe not the best plan I better stick with this weirdo um god every moment they have of like begrudgingly getting along is phenomenal um and they meet up with Izoni, uh, who wanted the guild master position that Raska had, and uh, now seems to have it. Uh, and she seems very calm, other than the part where she's like, hey, get out of here, or I'm gonna fucking murder you. Uh, and Proctor's like, oh, oh, don't worry. I'm just here for a little bit of information. And I know that if you really wanted to kill us, we'd already be dead. Uh, because he still has the powder that needs to be analyzed. So he hands it over to Izoni. Uh, and so she does this little, like, spider web magic analysis on it and is like, well. She she pointedly, she tastes it. And Atrana's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm immune. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever uh, it is, I'm immune. She's like, she's like I'm Golgari. I'm black green. I'm immune to all toxins and poisons and venoms. I'll be fine. Uh, it concludes that it, uh, it is n no kind of thing that uh, she has ever encountered on Ravnica. That uh, this is not Ravnican, clearly. Um, uh, so this is where it's revealed that it's pollen, I think, also, specifically. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Agriscos our ghost detective from the original, original Ravnica block, and doesn't tell anyone where he's going, just that he has a lead to follow up on and shows up um, to investigate Rakdos himself, uh, following up on some of the leads that Judith has been seeding. And he goes up to Rakdos's lava pit, because he's a ghost and won't get burned alive, and looks in and sees Rakdos sleeping, covered in moss, just like, vibing uh and then he gets pokeballed in a skull um by judith and nobody knows where he went and i'm sure everything is fine but uh he does conclude that rakdos probably not responsible given that he seems to have been snoozing for a long time he's doing that honk shoe me 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 stuff he's like honked out I don't know if that's necessarily the sound Rakdos makes when he sleeps. <laughs> I think it is. I think Rakdos isn't there like... <sighs> me, 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 my my <sighs> hot take, Rakdos <sighs> doesn't snore. <laughs> that's... 
Head cannon. Head cannon. Rakdos doesn't snore. I'll get into flavor text <laughs> one day. Don't worry. <laughs> um, we cut back to Golgari territory where Proft sees a figure kind of in the corner of his eye. Um, nobody else seems to, though. This mysterious hooded figure in the background who turns and starts running away from the conversation. Uh, and Proft is not a guy to sit there and ponder things. He's a man of action. So he gives chase. And um, while everyone is wondering what the hell is going on, Proft suddenly takes a blow to the head from the side um, and wakes up in his own mind palace where a mysterious hooded figure is breaking in to his brain vault to steal his intellectual property. And then he wakes up and nobody else really saw this figure. Uh, and who the hell knows what that's about? Must uh, have been the wind. <laughs> must have been the wind. Probably. The, the figure does speak to him and says, I'm merely passing through. Ravnica is a waypoint, not the destination. Uh-huh. So, uh, mystery. Mystery, mystery, mystery. Very convenient when we just got information that this powder isn't from Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh... Is it related? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so Kaya is super duper worried about the Boros wanting to start this war because uh, this is what happens, by the way, when uh, you have a warmonger as your guild leader. Um, but she gets a mysterious no that summons her to um, an Orzhov cathedral uh, where she and Kellen meet with Proft and Atrada. Uh, and Proft is like, ho, ho, ho. I know you and Kellen have been looking into this. And I wanted to talk to you first. Because uh, I want you to help me gather up this list of notable people. Because I think I have solved the mystery of the murders at Karlov Manor. Uh, and that's kind of where right before recovery ends off. Before the big yeah. gather everyone together moment. Well... First, Kaya, like, tells Prof, like, everything that's happened with her and yeah, Kellen. Yeah. And then Prof is, like, standing there, staring off into the distance. Uh, and Kaya's like, is he okay? And then Trotto's like, yeah, it happens. Um, and then Prof is like, ah, I've solved it. Uh, which I think by this point in the story, a lot of readers had also sort of started putting together the puzzle pieces. But I think, I don't know how many people really got it yet. Not as many as I would have thought. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't spoil our preview card tomorrow or preview cards, but we at least got an idea of what was fully going on, and so we stayed out of speculation for the most part, or serious speculation, I should say. Yeah, yeah. and seeing seeing the guesses going into this, even from like my wildest Zadok guesses on day zero to um up until episode seven, it was very interesting seeing exactly what people were piecing together. Yeah. I, I think after this story is when I saw the first correct guesses, um, oh, but I, not always for the correct reasons. I saw someone guess it as early as like episode two, but as a joke, <laughs> that doesn't episode, count. That's like episode two or three. They were like, but they still like put the pieces together and were like, wouldn't it be funny if this was actually what happened? And it was like, oh, buddy, you don't even know. Um, anyways, yeah, episode seven was, oh, God, it was a real good one. The, 
the boar god fight was so cool the mole god the mole god excuse me boar god was uh more of the spark yeah um, that's Ilark. that's Ilark. i hope Ilark is doing okay we haven't really heard much uh but it was episode seven was real good and it was real cool leading up into the reveal in episode eight because when a detective says hey let's get all of the suspects together in one place so i can talk to them you know you know they're gonna point out the the killer right yeah like if you, you, you gotta do the big reveal this yeah. is this is the trope space i just gotta say if you are accused of a crime by a detective and he wants to invite you or you're a suspect and you actually did it and he invites you to like a meeting to talk about it don't go don't go you're just gonna get columboed you're just gonna get found out they're just gonna put you down in a chair and be like you did it just don't show up um but inconveniently to the killer uh they have this meeting at vidugazi um so for some reason prof has summoned all of the guild leaders to vidugazi uh Probably because Tristani can't, you know, go anywhere on her own. She's part of a giant tree. And so they all show up one by one. Uh, Kaya sort of welcomes them all at the door. This episode has a lot of like really great little dialogue moments, a lot of little discussions between them. Uh, Yaris, who is representing the gruel at this meeting, uh, is here. He was the one who was uh, at the party making a big ruckus. He's very much attached to this mole god. Um, Ezram shows up. We've got Vanifar from the Simic. We've got basically everyone. Krinko is here. Raul is spotted. We got a Raul appearance in the story mm-hmm. in episode eight. Planeswalker Raul. Planeswalker Raul still has his spark as far as we know. Uh, Aurelia shows up with Massacre Girl on a leash. It's very... Um, Love that for them. Yeah. it's You know, they're having a good time. Uh Everyone's pretty confused by this meeting, though, because like what on earth? Why is Kaya summoning them all here? Who gives her the authority to do that? Uh, And then Proft and Artrada come out of the shadows and announce that they have done their investigation and that there is a member from every guild here because Azoni is also present. Uh, That means literally, including the Demir and Golgari, every guild is represented at this meeting uh, with Kaya representing the Orzhov. Um, Proft sort of goes through and explains that he's been doing this, this searching and he, he thinks he knows that the killer is in the room with them, but he first has to interview each person individually before he can make his accusation. And of course, who would he interview first other than Kaya? So he takes Kaya into a a little side room, um, and they sit down and they have a very long, awkward staring contest while Proft is just very quietly staring at Kaya. Uh, eventually, Kaya is like, what are we doing? What are we sitting here for? What's going on? Uh, and uh, Proft says, we're waiting. And Kaya says, waiting for what? Uh, and then something on the wall, something in the wallpaper starts moving, and Kaya sees a flower start sort of curling from out from this wallpaper and, and growing And as the flower petals open up, they start to expel a yellow-gray dust. But before it can even get away from the flower, Proft clamps a clear jar over it and captures it. Uh, Kaya cuts it off into the jar, and he closes it up. Uh, And uh, Proft walks back into the room and says, Well, I am done. Uh, I don't actually need to interview all of you, because I have figured it out. And he does the detective monologue 
where he gets to explain every clue, every step of the process, everything that he has learned throughout of his investigation, all of the little pieces come together, uh, which we're not going to recover because at the end of the day, he just sort of points at uh, the uh, the real criminal here. And it's Tristani because how <laughs> it makes total sense when you think about it. All of the killers were near flowers before they were triggered into some sort of murderous frenzy. Uh, that guy was at the florist. There's always the people are mind controlled, but only briefly. And it only affects them once. It just it all works out to be that. Um, Tristani did it. Uh, and that's where the episode ends. Uh, if you want to know, like every step of the evidence, that's more than we can cover on the podcast because Prof does like a pretty elaborate breakdown of it. Uh, just go read the episode. <laughs> that's my my answer. Um, but yeah, the mysterious powder came from flowers that Tristani somehow was growing across the city. Uh, it was causing people to enter murderous frenzies. Tristani, why did she do it? We'll find out in episode nine. Or if you're unlucky enough to have watched the debut video, you already know. So Yeah. <laughs> so we can we can get into that full breakdown. Well, I mean, at this point, all the stories are out. So if you've read the stories, then also, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's pretty elaborate. It's pretty good. I really, really loved it. I liked uh, the way that this broke down, the way the all clues all went together. But uh, who would expect the tree, the tree, the dryads of Selesnia uh, as murderous, assassinating ne'er-do-wells? Oh, you mean like the quiet man? Yeah. <laughs> like the original. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's so I'm glad that we finally got around to making a good um white green antagonist for mm -hmm. a set. Um uh I'll reserve all of my finer talking points on motivation until next week, since that's when yeah. that's when we get the response and um ensuing minor chaos. So, but yeah, I was I was happy that they did finally, you know, acknowledge that all the Ravnica guilds are pretty bad. <laughs> and um, I think people underrate exactly how weird the um, Selesnia were in the Secretist trilogy. I know part of that is kind of tainted because um there was doppelganger situation going on but for the most part like they still weren't in a very they were still going to be very easily militarized to war if um the is it super weapon which is what everybody understood the implicit maze to be um prior to the announce uh the announcing of the dragon's maze actually happened they were just ready to march to war if needed so yeah i think selesnia has been underrated as just kind of like oh they're they're peaceful Hippies. but in like a creepy yeah. in a creepy way where they want everybody to be one of one big organism and i'm like no like there's a lot of expressions of this and i think this was probably the best one kind of as mm -hmm. a uh finish to um murder mystery 
yeah, you know, one one of the facts about the Celestia Conclave is that despite the Boros being like the military guild, uh, the largest by number standing army on Ravnica is actually the Selesnia. Um, They just got more dudes than anybody else. Yeah, and uh, apparently Tristani is unhappy about something because she's been trying to get guild leaders killed for a while. Um, at least that's as far as we know. We don't really know her motivation yet, but we do know her method, and the method is uh, pretty complicated. Pollen. Yeah, mind control pollen. That, like, But the thing is that She's still green-white. She's still Tristani. And so, like, she can't just kill people. So, like, I saw someone who was complaining, like, this doesn't make any sense. If she can make a flower grow anywhere that exudes a pollen that mind controls someone to kill somebody, why doesn't she just kill them? And I'm like, because that would mean you could accidentally just kill a whole room of people. And that's not what Tristani wants to do. Several times whole rooms of people were killed. Um, but that's not the point. The point was to kill specific people. And the point was to do it in a way that was not going to cause a complete collapse of all life on Ravnica. It was just one-time use mind control pollen, uh, which Tristani did make brand new, which is why Azoni had never experienced it before, because this didn't exist before Tristani's plan. Uh, so it's, yeah. not, it's not from off plane. It is just not naturally occurring on Ravnica. New murder powder just dropped. Yeah. Yeah, episode seven's catch of it not being from Ravnica, um, combined with the Omen Park, Omen Path arc as a kind of meta setting, and knowing that things can be coming into Ravnica, knowing that Kellen was just on, um, kind of a fungus plagued. <laughs> fungus plagued mycotyrant kind of situation so it is interesting to see where the speculation headed because that kind of primed people for a little more outlandish options but yeah it was, it was still a ravenica murder mystery it is still going to be tied heavily to the guilds themselves and um yeah happy yeah. where it ended up We'll get I, more into it with episodes 9 and 10 next week. I, I do think that detail with Izoni being like, hey, this is not natural. It's not from Ravnica being a cool truth, but also red herring in one statement because it's limited by character knowledge. Um, But in the meta text, you end up getting to see both the truth and the red herringness once you have all the pieces, uh, which I think is neat. Are we done? Yeah, I think that we've covered the stories. I we, don't think we there's... wrapped up. We wrapped up for this episode. Uh, so it's final thoughts. Time. Yeah, we're going to have to say a lot more next week whenever we can actually like discuss yeah. the motivations and like, yeah, the big reveals. Yeah, no, no, yeah. we're 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 saving that for next week, which is why we did the two episodes. So we had a lot of time to talk about this story because I think it's great. Um, final thoughts. What is my final thought this week? I don't know that I have one prepared. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Go watch Dungeon Meshi. It's Delicious in Dungeon is the English title. I'm never going to say it that. Uh, it's on Netflix. The, I read the manga. It's phenomenal. It has the most pathetic woman. I love you, Marcel. Uh, the most autistic man. I love you, Laios. Uh... The most sick of this shit 
middle-aged halfling. I love you, Chilchuck. And the most mom dwarf man I've ever seen. I love you, Senshi. <laughs> um, Dungeon Meshi, phenomenal anime. Um, I think the anime is doing a really good job. And go watch it, please. I, I They announced that there's two seasons, and I think it's going to take at least three for them to get through the whole manga. So, like, please let Netflix, please, please watch it so Netflix makes a third season so I get to see it all. Please, 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 please. All right, you convinced me. I'm gonna have to go watch Dungeon Meshi, and I don't, I don't watch them animes. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a big animes watcher, so I'll, I'll have to to give it a try. Um, I don't watch a lot of things, but I will say I, I love, I love Dropout.tv so much. I love Dropout. I love. This is my final thought for the week. Uh, they are doing some great work over there, and. They're, the last episode that just came out was for uh, for Make Some Noise, which is one of my favorite shows that they make, was no like spoilers. everything that was cut for time from the past season. And like oh, you're just watching it and you're like, oh, this is just so many good, solid moments that didn't make it into the episode. And you're like, mm-hmm. they're just making gold over there. Nothing they're making is bad. Even the stuff mm-hmm. they cut is still good. Mm-hmm. Um just what an incredible, incredible endeavor that they're doing over there. I uh, hope that we get a lot more entertainment in that sense where uh, the people are compensated for their time fairly, as far as we know, and treated mm-hmm. well. And the the thing that I love the most about it is that you get an episode of these shows like once every other week. It's not even like weekly. It's not even like once a day for sure it's just like once every other week you get an episode of a show and it's like 30 to 45 minutes and it's really good and then you're like great i can go to sleep resting easy knowing that they're not just like pumping out an endless stream of content it's just one thing every two weeks you get to enjoy it and then you go off on your own merry way um and it's the best money i've ever spent on a streaming service period just so worth it it is my opinion that Dropout is making not close the best comedy content that exists in America right now. Um, also, I still need to watch True Facts about um, Grant <laughs> Anthony O'Brien <laughs> Part 3. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm going to watch it this week. It's so um, good. I, the second one, um, I was in tears sobbing with laughter uh it's great go watch dropout stuff too six dollars a month right it's like six, six bucks something like that it's like, it's, it's like six bucks the money like mostly goes to the people who make the stuff yeah uh it's phenomenal and if you're like not sure you want to spend six bucks on it a month uh you can probably find someone who does and just like borrow their login for a little while it's cool um, you're going to want to give them your money, though. Like, you're going to feel compelled to pay for the content. So, it's it's worth it. Carrie, final thoughts? My final thoughts are, if anybody has seen the H-Bomber guy video, then you need Which to watch one? Tom. The one. The one that's his most popular one. Um, now it's his most popular one. The uh, plagiarism one? Yes. Tom Ska of internet fame at this point been on the internet for far too long. He's still online. He's still making videos, but he made Tom Ska's guide to plagiarism 
in parentheses, the Summerton scale. And that video was a blast for somebody who has not watched basically any of his content since probably 2010. Um, knowing that this guy exists, knowing that he's friends with H-Bomb, and also just seeing the trappings of creativity versus plagiarism and um, riffing on ideas and a 45-minute explanation of his custom scale (laughs) (laughs) of everything from original idea to uh, blatant copying of original idea. So... Um, and he uses his own examples. He's very humble throughout. So um, I think a lot of people in our audience have probably seen the H-Bomb video. So that is that is my one supplement that I have watched in the time since where um get to indulge in a little bit of um, fun surrounding the topic rather than serious accusations 24-7 because he's just a lighthearted dude. That's my final thought. Content. Hooray. Please shoot me. (laughs) I feel so bad when I call something content. I want you to all know that when I said content earlier about Dropout, I meant like the things contained within Dropout. I don't mean it's content. They are television shows and comedy. Uh, Yeah. Content definition of the word, not content, internet, business word. I think it's funny that 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 and influencer have wrapped around fully to being hated terminology because I remember people speaking out and saying like how uh, just debasing it is to say everything is content as of like 2020 but now mm-hmm. we're kind of in 2024 and the tide has fully turned where everybody is like no I need to call this the specific thing and I'm like I don't know it's it's fine to call everything art I don't care at this point if I'm writing an article then i'm writing an article if i'm writing an essay i'm writing an essay that's it's all it's all words and videos and pictures like it's perfectly fine but well, i know you bring up a good point we should not call them articles we should call them contenticles well i feel like contenticles <laughs> is a little too close you know anyways um uh, you can head to patreon.com slash cast to support this wonderful program. Uh, everyone who does gets access. Sorry. <laughs> we are not content creators. We are something much worse. We are podcasters. Okay. Uh, we are. We are, in fact, the worst flavor of uh, content creator. Uh, everyone who supports us on Patreon gets our eternal love and also access to our Discord community, which is, uh, frankly, the better end of that deal. Um we have a bunch of wonderful folks who I think this is legitimately the most active our server has ever been talking about magic story. Um, and hopefully that continues uh, because magic story is really good right now. And we have a lot of wonderful folks and we'd love to see more folks here. Um, but otherwise uh, we appreciate all our listeners. So, um, and tell your friends about us and tell your friends to go click on magic story links even if you don't read them the clicks help well i would prefer you read them they're pretty good and this is a self-contained murder mystery you can enjoy if you're familiar with magic cards pretty much Uh at all (laughs) something's cooking downstairs it smells so good sorry uh (laughs) uh, thank you all for listening this has been the vorthos cast